All right, it is great to be with you this morning as we turn to God's Word. <clears throat> Excuse me, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 2, so if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up. But as we are getting there this morning, just want to ask a question. Do you have a hero? Heroes are all around us. We have fictional heroes up on the big screen. Uh, they wow us in the movies. Stars like Superman or Katniss Everdeen. Growing up, we had heroes that shined in stadium lights. Remember loving players like uh, the incredible Michael Jordan? Or uh, there was a defensive end, Reggie White. Remember him? Heroes. Do you have a hero? Uh, maybe it's an ordinary person like a mom or a dad. Uh, do you have a hero, Brian? Well, in fact, I have. I met a guy many years ago, and we'll just call his name Sam. And Sam was an Indian man. He was from South India, and he was visiting the United States. And he and I had an opportunity uh, to connect through a mutual pastor friend. And I remember sitting down, getting coffee with him on many occasions. And Sam and I had a lot in common. We're both serving Jesus in full-time ministry. He and I are the same age, which is really cool. And uh, we both love Indian food, by the way. So um, I was excited. I was like, hey, let's go get some Indian food. And he's like, it's like, oh, they, it's like, I can't eat Indian restaurants in the United States. They get their spices from Sam's Club. He's just like, yeah, I, I saw the guy getting spices, Sam's Club. And I'm like, okay, okay. But when he travels to the United States, he actually brings spices from India. And he cooked some amazing, delicious Indian food one time. But, uh, you know, that's not why he was my hero. Um, Sam was my hero because he would do something that I could never imagine doing. And uh, every year, at, at a certain point in the year, he would actually change his appearance. And, and he grew this, this big, thick beard. And he would put on almost like black sunglasses. And he would, he would actually go into the slave markets in India where young girls would be bought and sold. And he would bring money that he had raised from the United States and he would uh, purchase these young girls and then save them and restore them. And there was actually a man uh, from, from a church that uh, went on a trip and did this with him. And... You know, can you imagine actually going into that environment? This man was so sick to his stomach. I mean, he, he just was throwing up because it was just such a situation. And I don't have to tell you how dangerous that kind of work is. And he risked his life and to this day is risking his life. Even has been arrested, thrown in jail, beaten, those kinds of things. Um, because of his work for Jesus Christ. And anytime I, I think of him, as I was thinking of him this week, I, I just, I go, well, if, if I had just a little bit of that courage, you know, what could Jesus do in me? He's a hero of mine. And we all need heroes. Heroes inspire us. But what makes someone a hero? I believe today that heroes are those who serve. Heroes are those who serve. And if, if that's your desire, if you love God, if you want to make a difference in the world, I want to invite you today to be a hero. I want to invite you to ask yourself that question, what could Jesus do in me? Heroes come in all different shapes and sizes, don't they? You don't have to have a cape or be a crime fighter to be a hero. 
but it will take sacrifice. It will involve cost, laying down our lives, because heroes are those who serve. And today I want to talk to you about joy in serving. We're in a series here at Hope Community Church on joy, in fact, from the book of Philippians called The Joy of Knowing Jesus Christ. And we've already talked about the joy that, that flows into our life from being united with Christ and having a relationship with Christ. And this is a joy that no circumstance could rob or steal. It is a, it is a, a wellspring of joy that's ever-present. And we've talked about that, and we've seen how that joy begins to reshape and actually transform our life. Uh, we used an acronym, J-O-Y, kind of a common acronym to summarize our new life in Christ. And we said, the way to joy is Jesus first, then others, then you and me. And the path to joy really is this path of humility and going low, valuing Jesus Christ, serving others. Joy is Philippians 2.3, where Paul writes, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And Paul will go on and he will remind us of Jesus, who is the supreme example of humility and sacrificial service. And you might remember that famous passage where, where Paul speaks about Jesus who did not consider equality something to be grasped or, or to use to his own advantage, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, humbling himself, being obedient even to death on a cross. So it is Jesus who saves us and Jesus who sets the example of what it means to serve others. And then last week in our series, uh, Drew showed us how by holding fast to the word of life and by working out everything the spirit of God is working inside of us, we will, Paul says, shine like stars in the heavens. You remember that? I love that, that passage where it speaks of those who, who live this out as bright lights on a dark canvas. And this morning, I want to introduce you to three of those, those stars that shine in the sky. Three heroes of the faith. Paul, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. These are, these are servants of Jesus who are living this out. They're laying down their lives in service of others for Jesus Christ. They are our heroes because heroes are those who serve. And by looking at their example... We're going to see how we can make a difference, how we can shine like stars and be heroes too. The scripture shows us how. So if you have your Bible, if you're there in Philippians 2, let's read verses 17 to 30. Uh, listen to this. Verse 17. But even if I, Paul, am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, there's our key word this morning, service, I am glad and rejoice with you all. We hear his joy. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive good news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ, but you know that Timothy has proven himself. Because as a son with his father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. 
I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him. Because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. That's the word of the Lord. Let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the joy of being in your house. Thank you for the joy of hearing your word. And I pray, God, as we have desire in our hearts to serve you and to share the hope of Jesus Christ, um, we're excited about this idea of serving, and I pray that we would be encouraged and inspired by these three heroes we're looking at this morning. We give you this time in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so heroes are those who serve. We're looking at three heroes. Our first hero is Paul. Paul, and we learn a lesson from Paul this morning that heroes understand sacrifices aren't easy but they serve a greater purpose. Our sacrifices are not easy, but they serve a greater purpose. And I know a lot of you in this room are making some sacrifices right now in your life. And those sacrifices aren't easy, but we learn from the, from the Apostle Paul that we can have joy in making those sacrifices. It is possible when we, when we have an understanding of the why, when we see the bigger picture, our hearts are full of joy. So let's start with this. Maybe you're new to the faith. Who is the Apostle Paul? Who is this person named Paul? <clears throat> well, you might remember that Paul had been a persecutor of the church. And he had made it his life's mission and ambition to silence Christians, to shut down churches. And one day, Jesus literally knocked him off his horse. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ that radically changed his life. So transformed was Paul that he actually became the most influential figure in the history of Christianity besides Jesus himself. And most Bibles have a map in the back titled The Missionary Journeys of the Apostle Paul. It is estimated that the Apostle Paul traveled over 10,000 miles sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. He planted at least 14 churches and was a prolific writer. Of the 27 documents in our New Testament, the Apostle Paul wrote 13 letters. One of them is Philippians, which we're looking at today. And you might remember Paul wrote Philippians in chains. For he was a prisoner in Rome. Paul suffered a lot. He sacrificed in many ways. But there was a joy in it because he understood the bigger purpose. He knew what he was sacrificing for. I'll share a little 
Uh, look, at, look at Paul, his own words, his own testimony here. Philippians 2.17, sacrifice with joy. But even if I, Paul, am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad, Paul says, I rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I love this in imagery. I think it's a, a pretty amazing. What's Paul's mindset as he serves? He uses an, an illustration here that comes from Old Testament worship. You remember in the Old Testament, then they would bring an offering as an act of worship, and, and an animal would be sacrificed to the Lord, and sometimes, in addition to that animal sacrifice, there would be a grain offering, and then that would be followed by a drink offering poured on top of the sacrifice, symbolic of joy. Paul says, my sacrifices are like that. I'm being poured out as a joyful offering to the Lord. What does that say to us this morning? It says our service is a joyful sacrifice to the Lord. It's not easy, but it's not for us. It's not even for them. It's an act of worship to the Lord. It fills our heart with joy. I love seeing all the Phillies jerseys this morning. Excited for today. I want to bring in a little baseball illustration from 2004. So not the Phillies. Apologize for that, but uh, 2004, um, in the very first game of the American League Championship Series between the New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox. You guys remember Kurt Schilling? I don't know if you, any of you remember him. Boston's ace pitcher, Kurt Schilling, the very first game of the series was in pain. He had an ankle injury so that... Um, Anytime he pitched and he threw that ball and he planted his foot, it caused so much pain. He, he couldn't throw with the same sort of skill. And um, he, he was playing so terribly. Uh, after three innings, uh, the, the Yankees had scored uh, six runs, I think. And they were like, hey, he's coming out. And actually, it made a lot of people nervous because they're like, ah, oh, Schilling might be out for the season. And it was, you know, they had lost their hopes for the game and the series and going to the World Series. And they're just like, man, this shilling's done. Well, big surprise happened in game six. Kurt Schilling took the mound again. And I happened to be in Boston at the time. Me and a friend of mine went into the city actually for a Switchfoot concert. You guys remember Switchfoot? Yeah. But we were waiting in line to see Switchfoot. And we got all the way up to the counter like, oh, sorry, tickets just sold out. So we're like, all right, we're going to a bar in Boston by Fenway, and we're going to watch this game between the Red Sox and the Yankees with all the crazy Boston fans. So the Red Sox would be eliminated if they lost this game. Everything was on the line. They bring Kurt Schilling back to the mound. They, he had actually had a surgery done to secure his tendon to, like, his foot so that when he pitched, he could actually pitch now. And... Um, and the camera kept showing us pictures of his bloody sock. Blood was like oozing through his sock, and he was in so much pain. But you know what? He pitched his team to victory, and everybody celebrated, and the fans were like going crazy. And a Fox sports anchor asked him about his performance. And listen to what Schilling said. Schilling answered, Seven years ago, I became a Christian. 
And tonight, God did something amazing for me. And he actually reflects back on game one when he, he did terribly. He said, I tried to be as tough as I could and do it my own way game one. And I think we saw how all that turned out. If the sacrifices we're making today are in our own strength, if we think we can do this by our own power, hey, take it from me, take it from Kurt Schilling, it's going to be a grind. It's going to be a struggle. And there's not going to be much joy in that. But Kurt Schilling went on to say, tonight it was for God. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do this alone, and I prayed as hard as I could. I think this is cool. He said, I didn't pray to get a win or to make great pitches. I just prayed for the strength to go out there tonight and compete, and God gave me that. What could God do in my life and in your life if we began to see our service as an offering to the Lord? If we would make that change between game one and game six and say, you know what? Actually, I'm going to make these sacrifices for the Lord. And it would fill our heart with joy. See, what if we realized the greater purpose, if we saw the greater vision? Maybe you're making a sacrifice right now. Could be for your family. It could be for a marriage. Uh, maybe you're pushing hours at work or you're just one of the amazing people serving here at Hope. What we learn from Paul today is that this is worship. It's worship. Heroes understand sacrifices aren't easy, but they serve a greater purpose. It's a sacrifice we joyfully offer to the Lord. Next hero, Timothy. We got Paul, we got Timothy here. Timothy shows us, I like this one too, heroes can be anyone with a heart to serve and a desire to grow. You say, hey, can I be a hero? Yeah. A hero can be anyone with just a heart to serve and a desire to grow. That's Timothy. Who's Timothy? Timothy has an amazing story. Timothy was born in a family with a mom who loved God and a dad who didn't. Anybody grow up that way? I did. Mom, hey, we're going to church. Dad, uh-uh. We got some moms in the room. And you might be what they call spiritually single. You love Jesus. You're trying to raise your kids in the faith, but maybe your husband isn't or, you know, the, your child's parent is not. And we learn a powerful lesson from Timothy because he grew up learning the Bible from his mom. He learned it from his grandma. And he grew up to be a mighty man of God. Parents, grandparents, never underestimate your single spiritual influence in the life of a child. You know, Paul, when he met Timothy... He was so impressed by this kid, he invited him to join his team. Hey, Timothy, come with me. And together, on Paul's second missionary journey, they go to a town called Philippi. And Timothy's a part of the team that starts this church. He had a relationship with those believers in Philippi. And then when Paul ends up in a prison cell in Rome for his faith in Jesus Christ... Timothy is there, and he's caring for him, and he's supporting them. How do we know that? Because Paul begins the letter to Philippians saying, Paul and Timothy, servants 
of Jesus Christ. Now remember, Paul's on trial for his faith. He expects a verdict soon. It could be life or death. He doesn't know. And the Philippians are saying, how are we going to find out what happens to our hero, Paul? And Paul says, I'm going to send Timothy. As soon as something happens, you're going to hear it from your beloved Timothy. I think that's pretty cool. Listen to what Paul says. As he shares his plans, here's how he describes Timothy. I love this, Philippians 2, 19 through 24. Paul says, I hope in the Lord to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send Timothy as soon as I see how things go with me. As soon as he knows, he's sending Timothy. And I'm confident in the Lord. I myself will come soon. He actually thinks this is going to turn out and he's going to be able to go visit soon too. But why does Paul praise and commend Timothy? What makes Timothy heroic? Number one, he has a heart of a servant. And it's been said there's only one kind of leader, and it's a servant leader. Only one kind of parent, it's a parent who serves. Right? Only, only one kind of mentor, one who serves. Servant leaders. And we see that in Timothy. He's a servant. He exemplifies that. And I love how Paul uses language from earlier in Philippians 2. We read this at the start. Paul says... Of Timothy, he looks out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others, even more than that, for Jesus himself. Do you remember that encouragement? Don't just look out for your own interests, but those of others. He's living that out. He's doing it. He models the joyful life of Jesus first, then others, then you and me. Cause bigger than self. And he just shows us today, anybody can be a hero if they have a heart to serve. Paul highlights a second heroic quality in Timothy. And it's his desire to grow. He wants to grow. He wants to learn. He's, as, as Paul serves, he's side by side with the Apostle Paul, learning how to share the gospel, how to encourage others in their faith, like a son with his father, Paul says. And to give you a picture of that, I brought a photo of Hudson and me. There we are. Like a son with his father. Learning and growing. And I can't wait for that day. When my boy has proved himself and he puts on that backpack leaf blower and he's doing it all on his own. It's going to be a great day. But these are the qualities we serve in Timothy. He shows us anyone can serve. Anyone can be a hero if they just have that heart to serve and desire to grow. It doesn't matter who you are today. We got some high schoolers, middle schoolers, college students. You're not the church of tomorrow. You're the church of now, baby. You're not too young to serve Jesus. You're not too old to serve Jesus. God's not done with you yet. Right? doesn't matter who you are. You might be a new Christian. Hey, I want to serve Jesus. Do you have a heart to serve and desire to grow? Come serve Christ with us. Come make a difference in this world for the glory of Jesus Christ. Let's do this. It's the example of Timothy. Last hero, Epaphroditus. Oh, our old friend Epaphroditus. Oh, wait, no, I've never heard of him. 
right? Who's Epaphroditus? We've seen heroes have heart. Heroes have a uh, vision of the bigger picture. They know why they serve. It's worship. But in, in Epaphroditus, we see that heroes are looking for opportunities to step up and serve. Um, who's Epaphroditus? Well, guys, Epaphroditus was just a Christian, just like you and me. He was a part of the church in Philippi. And uh, one day, his church said, hey, you know what? We heard Paul's in prison, so let's do something to help Paul. And in those days, the best way to help a man in prison like Paul was to send a financial gift. Gordon Fee, a commentator, explains that. I thought this was just helpful for understanding this culture in that day. Gordon Fee says, in a culture where prisoners were not cared for by the state, so there are no, like, three hot meals, you know, uh, weight room, basket. They didn't have all that in Paul's day. So Gordon Fee says, in this culture, prisoners were not cared for by the state, but whose necessities for life, especially food, had to be supplied by friends and relatives. This is no small thing that they've done. The gift was necessary for Paul to sustain life in prison. So this is going to be an amazing gift. But the question everybody's asking as they're scratching their head is who's going to deliver this gift? It's not like you can just hop on a plane from Philippi to Rome. Right? You've got to walk there. And it is a walk of 740 miles, which would take about four to seven weeks. That's like walking from here to Chicago. Needless to say, there weren't a lot of people who raised up their hands. But there was one dude in the church named Epaphroditus. He said, here I am, Lord. Send me. And he made that long walk down the Via Ignatia from Philippi to Rome. And when he got there, he delivered the gift. And he provided the care his friends back home so longed to share. And then Paul writes this letter of the Philippians. Thanking the church for the gift. Sending Epaphroditus back. He was most likely the person that carried the letter of Philippians back to the church in Philippi. Kind of a hero. But what makes... Epaphroditus a hero. Listen to what Paul has to say. Verse 25. I think it's necessary to send back to Epaphroditus, my brother, my co-worker, and my fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. Well, who's Epaphroditus? He's, number one, a brother. A believer in Jesus Christ, a fellow Christian. Number two, he calls him a co-worker. Paul uses the term co-worker for anyone who in some way has labored in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with others. And by the way, co-workers in the New Testament are not just men. Women, you are not excluded from co-working in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see that even in Philippians 4 where Paul mentions two women co-workers, Yodia and Syntyche whom Paul says have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. So women, you can be heroes too, praise God. We have amazing examples of that. 
when he finally calls Epaphroditus a fellow soldier. They've been in the trenches. They fought the battle. They've done it together. He's a messenger sent by the Philippians to take care of Paul's needs, but it's time for him to come home, verse 26. For he longs for all of you. He's a little homesick. And is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on, not on him only, but also me, to spare me sorrow from sorrow. Therefore, I'm all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad and have less anxiety. So then welcome in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him. Because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. So this, this tells us that somehow on that journey, from Philly to Chicago, he got ill along the way. So ill, in fact, he almost died. And he was willing to lay down his life and risk it all for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul says, we honor heroes like that. Reminds us of what Paul said earlier about Jesus, who became obedient even to death, death on a cross. These are our heroes. Heroes are those who serve. Right? People who step up, who make sacrifices, who do what needs to be done courageously for Jesus Christ. And we have heroes in this room today like Epaphroditus. And you know who you are. And I want to thank all of you who serve in some way here at Hope, who um, sacrifice time or give financially. God's moving in amazing ways in this church because of you. You know, it's said often in churches that... Uh, 10% of the people do 90% of the work, and not here at Hope Community Church. Would you just slip up your hand if you serve in some way here? We just, can we just honor those who serve this morning, honor each other? Let's give each other a hand. It's pretty awesome. We have heroes in this church, people who are laying down their lives so this world can know about Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I want to be a hero who serves. So I want to invite you this morning to attend our Discover Hope class. Learn more about how you can serve here at Hope Community Church. Maybe you took that class. Come partner with us in the work of the gospel. Talk to me, one of the elders, someone on staff, a ministry leader. Let's get involved. It's amazing what God can do when we do it together and we can see the kingdom impact that we can make. But I have one little thing I want to share on this. You know, heroes step up and serve, but a hero also has to know when to step back. Epaphroditus got ill, and he took a step back. And just hear it from me up front this morning. There are times where it's okay to step back, and we give you those opportunities. There's no shame. There's no guilt in stepping back. The opportunity is always going to be there, but we need you to be healthy so that you can get back in the game in serving Jesus Christ. That's what Epaphroditus did. He had to get healthy. And if so, if that's you today, man, heroes know when to step up. <laughs> heroes got to know when to step back. Okay. We're talking about heroes. Got some heroes in this room. We got some people making major life sacrifices right now for others. And what have we learned? 
Heroes understand sacrifices aren't easy, but serve a greater purpose. Heroes can be anyone with a heart to serve and a desire to grow. And heroes step up, and they courageously do what needs to be done. And will we all be heroes this week in our relationships with one another? Would we be heroes where we live, work, and play, and serve the people God has put in our lives so that in this house we can live out this vision, be in a caring place where God changes lives? Would you pray with me? Uh, we start this morning humbly with hearts full of gratitude. Thank you, God, that you served us in the greatest way possible. You came in Jesus. You went to a cross. And you paid the price for our sins so that we could have a new life in Christ. And so we thank you for that this morning. We're excited about the opportunity that you give us as you're working in our hearts and working in our lives with that overflow in service to this world, in service to our loved ones and even those beyond, Lord. Um, help us to be a church that serves. Help us not to serve in our own strength, but to serve in the strength that you supply so that all the glory in the end goes to Jesus Christ and him alone. We pray you use us. We pray for a greater vision that our service is an act of worship. And we pray that more and more we would see other people come to know the hope of Jesus Christ. So we celebrate this morning what you're doing in this place and what you're doing in us. And we give it to you as worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, it's always a pleasure worshiping with you. Will you stand as we close our service?